Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, what's going on? I hope you guys are having a good day. I'm Dr. Boyce Watkins from Your Black World and the Black Business School. Um, I am not going to talk that long because um, I actually have a meeting coming up pretty soon. But uh, first of all, I want to say good morning and hello, and I hope you guys are doing really well. I hope you're feeling proud and black. And if you're feeling proud and black, say something in the chat. Uh, put your hashtag B1 in the chat uh, because we are black first here. We put the black community ahead of anything else. Um, I don't care if you're Democrat, uh, as long as you're black. I don't care if you're Republican, as long as you're black, uh, gay, straight, male, female, old, young, rich, poor. None of that stuff is going to divide us uh, in my book. Um, as far as I'm concerned, uh, blackness is my base. That is where I live. That is where I will be. Uh, everything else is just an extension. But at the, at the core and the essence of who I am, it's blackness. And that's where I think we can begin our discussions. So hashtag B1 in the chat. Also, uh, if you are watching online, please hit the thumbs up button. Hit the thumbs up, share, and subscribe button. Uh, we got a few hundred thousand subscribers. Uh, and I'd love to continue to grow black media. Because we need intelligent black media. We need IBM. We need IBM up in this motherfucker. We need intelligent black media where we can be smart and black and thoughtful and critical and strategic and, you know, and all these other things. We can't just be emotional and twerking and talking smack and trying to sell WAP and getting, you know, trying to get high and drunk every day and acting a damn fool. We have to be strategic. We have to think. So... Uh, we have fun here. You know, you guys know I cuss like a sailor. I get it from my daddy. You can blame him. Uh, but guess what? Let me tell you a little something else about my daddy. My daddy was a real black man, number one. He loved a black woman for a very long time. And today, today is their 46th wedding anniversary. So I want to give my um, a shout out to my pops. Uh, he's not my biological father, but he raised me. He's a real man. He's a great man. And uh, he is a great man. He's still here. And uh, they survived 46 years of marriage. A lot of people can't stay married for 46 minutes, let alone 46 years. 46 months is a struggle for a lot of people. 46 weeks uh, if you're a Kardashian. I know the Kardashians have been married for about 10 minutes apiece, except Kim. Kim has remained married to Kanye for a while, and I'm wondering how that's going. But either way, though, uh, uh, congrats to my parents, and I uh, have a lot of respect for them, and, uh, and I believe that black love... Uh, it's the center of the universe. I mean, that's what makes the world go around. Love is the most powerful force that there is. Uh, you can't outsmart love. And love is also something that requires patience, determination, and persistence. Uh, so uh, don't just fall in love with a big button and a smile. Uh, fall in love with something that's meaningful, relevant, and substantive. And, uh, you know, get with somebody that can walk through the storm with you. Get with somebody who can stand the rain. You know, tell me, baby, can you stand the rain? If you can't stand the rain, then then you can't handle the pain. So that means we probably shouldn't even try to do this because uh, go, going into a bad relationship with somebody who doesn't have durability, it's like starting a business with somebody who has no skill, doesn't work hard, and doesn't care about uh, you know the future of the company and, and, and also gives up too easily. You don't want to start a relationship with somebody like that. You don't want to start a business with somebody like that. So shout out to my parents for um, being durable in their black love. Um, I'm really proud of the 46 years they stayed together. With that said, let's jump into the topic real quick. Um, hit the thumbs up button. Please hit the thumbs up button. Um, uh, Diddy. Diddy has a new political party. Um, I, I forgot what it's called. I got to look it up. Uh, I'm going to Google it because I want to show mad respect to Diddy uh, for just participating in these uh, in these conversations. Uh, I, I think that Diddy is a, a smart guy. Um, I think that he's a guy that's done some great things throughout his life. And uh, let me see the party. I'm looking at the L.A. Times. Uh, somebody tell me what the name of the party is. If you want to put it in the chat, feel free to do that. I'm trying to LA Times. It looks like you got to pay money now to even look at their articles. It's, it's driving me crazy. CNN, they're free. Their propaganda doesn't cost a thing. They'll lie to you for nothing. Let's see what CNN has. Okay, that's a stupid video. 
All right. So, so, oh, our, our black party, our black party is what it says. Okay. Our black party. Um, all right, great. Okay. So let me just give you my quick thoughts on our black party. And, uh, and by the way, Diddy, if you see this video, brother, you are welcome. Absolutely. A hundred percent welcome to come into drboystv.com at any time and talk about what you got going on. Um, you know, I, I, I've never met Diddy. I'm not friends with him. I'm friends with Charlemagne. I've known Charlemagne for a long time. And Charlemagne interviewed Diddy about the black political party. And I just want to show respect to anybody that's trying to do something that they think is good for black people. And I'm, and I'm convinced that he's trying to do that. Now, let's get to the harder part of the conversation. The, you know, the tougher questions I have, the reservations I have about the black political party. Here's the problem. Here's what you got to watch out for with, with the creation of black political parties. A lot of times you have people that are presented as black leaders um, by the white media. White people grab a black person, they prop them up and say, here's your leader. And we follow the leader around, you know, like, like a puppy following a puppy. You know, like, like, we're, like we're really following this puppy around. And, uh, and, and sometimes you, the person you think is a black leader is, is not a black leader. They're really a Negro manager. Right. You got black leaders and you got Negro managers. So. So, for example, Roland Martin is not a black leader. Roland Martin is a Negro manager. Uh, and what was the difference between a Negro manager and a black leader? Well, a Negro manager is a person that is basically there to do one thing, and that's to corral and to collect black people because black people are a commodity. You are a fucking commodity. You are a multi trillion dollar commodity. The, you have so much value to other people that you don't even see the value yourself. You you don't value yourself, but they value you. So you're a commodity where people want you, but they don't really care about you, right? Like there's a difference between loving something and caring about that thing. Like I can love you without caring about you, right? So for example, I love cheeseburgers, but if I eat a cheeseburger, I don't care about the cheeseburger. Or I might love my car, but if my car breaks down, I'm going to go get another car. I'm not going to mourn the car and have a funeral for the car and, 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 and love the car I, or, or, or nurture the car. I don't care about that damn car, right? I, I love it because it, it looks fly and it's really cool. But if it breaks down, I'm going to just trash it and get another one, right? Uh, well, the, the same thing is true with black people as a commodity. You are America's car. People drive the shit out of you. They drive you to get to their destination. I need to get elected. I need to go corral me some black people because they can be good fuel for the engine that's going to get me to the finish line. Oh, I got a business. I need my business to get off the ground. So I need to go sell some um, hair weaves to black people so they can make me into a multimillionaire so that I can send my children to college and build wealth for my family. Oh, I got a TV network. I'm Oprah and ain't nobody watching my shit. Well, I just got to go partner with Tyler Perry because black people watch more media than anybody else in America, which is, which actually deactivates and disrupts your prefrontal cortex, which is a part of your brain that actually is in charge of critical thinking. That's why so many of our people can't critically think because they consume so much media and they get programmed like zombies. This is science, y'all. Go look it up. But... I, if I'm Oprah and I'm trying to build my network up, well, I go to black people because black people will w start watching my shows and that will help me make more billions. So black people, like, you know, if, I, if I'm the NCAA, I want to make a free billion. I, you know, I'm peeing on black people, no respect to black people, but I'm going to go to the black community because in the hood, they got the best basketball players in the world. I'm going, I'm about to go collect these players and go make a billion, right? Uh, if I'm looking for to control the entertainment industry, I go to the hood. I dangle a little piece of chicken, little, little, little crappy slave contract in front of the hood. And all the little project kids come running and because they're all desperate to get a deal. They'll sign anything. They'll sign anything. They'll sign their whole life away. 
And uh, and I go make me a billion, and then I drop them right back off in the hood once I'm done with them, right? So Negro managers, um, their role is similar to the role of maybe similar to the overseer back on the plantation. Their role is to go corral up and gather up the commodity so that the commodity can be sold on the open market. White people know they can't go to the hood and collect black basketball players the way a black man can go to the hood and collect basketball players. They, black, you know, black politicians, Joe Biden knows he can't go to the black community and get as many voters as a black man can do. That's why they work through, they work with the pastors and they work with the rappers. And the, you know, the, the rappers are kind of like pastors who just maybe twerk a little bit more or whatever, right? They smoke a little bit more weed or whatever, right? But it's kind of the same dynamic. The black people that open their mouths to the black community and influence black people to engage in some sort of action. So black people are not, are, are, are wanted, but black people are not, uh, are, are not, not cared about, right? Black people are loved in, 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 in certain ways, but not loved in other ways. You know, I would compare it also to like a KFC chicken. I might love chicken, right? But I don't care about the damn chicken. Like, just get me, just go to the damn farm, raise them suckers to be as fat as possible, deliver them on a truck, and then sell them so we can go make our billion, right? So black people are like KFC chickens. You get invited to dinner every, every time there's a meal, but, you, but some of y'all Negroes really think you're there to eat. You think you're the chicken that was invited to dinner who's really, who really thinks you're there to actually get food and to sit at the dinner table and to be an equal. And, and you're not an equal. You are, you are the dinner. <laughs> you're not there for dinner. You are the dinner. Right? So Negro managers, as opposed to black leaders, Negro managers are the people that corral black people up and deliver them to white people. They sell us to, to white people. Right? Um, black leaders are people that... Uh, on the contrary, a black leader, in my mind, in my humble opinion, a black leader is somebody who leads black people to have what we claim that we all want as black people, which is freedom, right? That's what we got. Everybody uses the word freedom all the time. People learn it at an early age, but don't nobody really know what freedom means. Let me tell you what freedom means. Freedom means doing what the fuck you want. Freedom means doing what's best for you. Freedom means saying, ah, you know, I think I'm going to go left or I'm going to go right or I'm going to go do whatever, right? And, and, and can't nobody tell you you can't do it. Right. So a, a leader, a black leader is somebody who uh, if you use the KFC chicken analogy, a black leader is a person who might go to the chickens and say, I want to lead you off of this farm. Right. The, the leader of the chickens or the person who cares about the chickens doesn't just love the chickens, but cares about them would say, you know what? Hey, y'all, let me tell you what they're doing. They, they you, you, you like what they're doing. You, you like the fact that they're making you fat and you're getting all fat and juicy. But let me tell you, they go, they go late. They leading y'all to slaughter, man. I went into the KFC restaurant and they are eating our people like they're eating our people. And I just want you all to be free. I don't know anybody ever saw the movie Chicken Run. I believe the movie Chicken Run was like that. When you had a leader of the chickens who was like, we got to get off of this damn farm. Y'all looking forward to getting on the damn truck because you think that's a come up when really they taking you off to slaughter. So in Chicken Run, you had a leader of the chickens that said, let's get the hell out of this motherfucker because this, this is not it. This is not heaven, right? So for black people, you've got your black leaders and you've got your Negro managers. Sometimes Negro managers disguise themselves as black leaders. 
and they say, hey, y'all, let's, let's get together. Let's go, let's go and do this thing together. Let's go. We got to be free. We're going to be free. And they're like, well, how, how are we going to be free, boss? Okay, we got to all go down to KFC, and that's where freedom's at. They invited The white men invited us to dinner, so we all the KFC chickens, right? Follow the analogy now. So we all going out to dinner, and they gonna, when we get there, it's going to be nice. They're going to feed us. We're going to get some good food. And every time you, you, you guide a pack of chickens to dinner, they, they don't understand why all their friends got slaughtered. They don't understand why they either left the, chi- left the KFC either, either hungry or eaten. Right? Either <laughs> hungry or dead. Right? They're like, half my friends are dead, the other my, half my friends are starving. But I don't know too many people that got a chance to sit there and actually sit down and enjoy a meal. I didn't see that. Right? And, and, and so for black people... When I see the Negro managers operating, I'm, and I'm going to get to Diddy in a minute. This is not me saying Diddy is in this category. I don't know Diddy's heart. I'd love to talk to him and get a sense of what he's thinking. But the Negro manager to me is, 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 a, is a challenge for the black community because what you're doing is you're feeding into this paradox. You're feeding into this Groundhog Day repetitive cycle. And this unhealthy repetitive cycle, like an abusive relationship, is very interesting in that we all think every election, every election this happens, this is not the first time. This is, the, this is about the 80th time in a row that this, this exact same thing has happened. You know, got to vote, life or death. This is the most important election of our generation. We got to I heard all of that shit before. They say that, go back four years and listen to what they were saying four years ago. Same damn programming, exact same thing. But unfortunately, people don't remember what happened four years ago, so they just kind of forget. Um... And, and, and every time it's like, we got to be free. Let's go be free. Well, how are we going to be free? Everybody vote. Come on. Everybody show up and vote. We got to vote. Right? So everybody votes. And just like the chickens, you all show up thinking that you're going to get dinner. And half your friends are, are starving. The other half of your friends are dead. Right? So half the black community is in the hood, struggling, starving, same problems. Kids ain't getting educated. Wealth is not growing. Kids getting shot in the hood, nobody cares, whatever. And then the other half is getting hauled off to prison. You know, these Joe Biden concentration camps that he built in the 1990s. (laughs) And you you wonder why your friends are getting 200-year sentences and nobody cares. Or while they're screaming, holler uh, like crazy, white liberals will go nuts over a little kid from El Salvador who got locked up, excuse me, for two weeks because he was, he was breaking him and his family were trying to get into the country illegally, but ain't got nothing to say about black people that have been in cages since 1995. I, 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 you know, that, that, that's really fascinating that they will care more about a foreign person who is locked up for three days than they care about a black person, a descendant of slave who built this damn country, who's been locked up and being raped and beaten in prison for 25 years. And, and so, so here's what I want to get to. Hit the thumbs up button. Please hit the thumbs up button if you haven't done it yet. I'm going to really go, I promise, because I, I don't have a lot of time. When I saw Diddy's political party, I've I, I seen three moves by three people from the entertainment industry, which I think is four moves, actually, during this election cycle that I think are interesting. Make that five. Let's make that five. Let's go down each of them one by one. First, you have Charlemagne who did that amazing interview with Joe Biden where he simply, he didn't, he didn't attack Biden. He just asked him the hard questions that, that ruffled Biden's feathers. He wasn't ready for that. He, he, he broke down and ran off and got scared because they get, that's what they do when they see intelligent black people. Then you have Biden go back and he said, look, I, I want to talk to a rapper because rappers have the power in, in certain ways they're, they're, they're the modern day pastors now. So, um, but we need, we need somebody who's going to be a little nicer. So then they went to go to Cardi B. 
right? So Cardi B, you know, besides selling WAP on the weekends and teaching little seven-year-old girls how to go suck a dick for money, um, she takes a moment and gets dressed up. You know, she looks like uh, June Cleaver from that old show, Leave it to Beaver. She shows up looking like a suburban housewife. And uh, and she just basically says, well, you know, black people, that's all. All we want is, is equality. All we want is equality. Right. So she gives a softball interview, this BS interview that's, you know, about the most ridiculous crap I've ever seen. And uh, but that's what the Bidens want. Right. That, that's what they want. You, you, you don't want your if you pimping, if you're trying to if you're trying to pimp, you don't want your hoes asking questions. Right. Seriously, if you pimping, you don't want your hoes getting all smart, aleck and educated and demanding shit from you and all that other stuff. Right. Right, so so that's what it is, right? But then you have Kanye West, who's going all the way to the right, right? Kanye, Kanye's the you know least stable of the crew. <laughs> Kanye says things that are either incredibly brilliant or 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 a sign that he might need his medication. Um, I'm not going to judge on that. I, I have spoken to Kanye on the phone, and I do like I like I love talking to him as a person. It was a wonderful conversation, actually. We he was very he listened. It was a nice back and forth. I, I enjoyed talking to him. But, you know, is Kanye a great leader? Some would surprise, a lot of people would say no. But Kanye does his thing. He does what he's doing. Um, I don't know how much black people will benefit from that because I, did, I wasn't completely convinced that Kanye is um, a guy who is really doing all this be- just because he loves black people. I feel like Kanye, I don't know if Kanye is ever going to love anything more than he loves Kanye. That's just my two cents, right? I just, I'm kind of like, wow, you, wow, you, you, so you, you, you really believe you're like the greatest man in the history of all human beings. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, you did, you make some good music, bro. But I mean, the rest of that, come on, man, let, 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 let's move past that, please. Um, but then, and then I talked to Cube and I'm going to tell you, uh, I was super impressed when I talked to Ice Cube, Ice Cube, um, he came into the, uh, political space uh, with humility, with, but yet with a clear understanding of his power as a man and as, a, as, a, as an artist, as a multimillionaire, all these things that he is, um, he, 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 I think he understood all of that. Um, and, and I wasn't surprised because I've listened to Q's music for a long time, and I've always got a sense that he's a strategic thinker. He's not no average Negro. He's a guy that's really able to understand what's going on. Also, I got the sense that Cube is very sturdy. Like I said, you know, man, I, I really just I get tired of people jumping out front of the revolution, you know, just because I sold a million albums. Now I'm, I'm a black leader. And next thing you know, when the heat gets too hot, you buckle in like a bitch. I don't want I don't that doesn't impress. That makes me sad. That makes me say, like, why do you what makes you think you're supposed to drive the car just because white people gave you a record deal? Like, seriously, what what makes you think you're supposed to be at the front of the line when you don't even you trying to drive the car that we that a lot of us built? And you don't even know which direction to go, and you're gonna drive the damn car off a cliff. And then as soon as things get too hard, next thing you know, you triple, quadruple apologize. I'm not saying no names because I'm not trying to attack nobody, but that infuriates me. When people take something that the community is very serious about, that the community is heavily invested in, that we have sacrificed for, and they jump out and take charge of it because they have 10 million Twitter followers. And next thing you know, they're undermining the whole movement because now the, all the white media has exactly what they always look for, which is a, a, a previously strong black man on his knees begging like a punk, just looking, looking weak, looking pathetic. And the better way to handle that is just sit down and shut the fuck up. Sit in the back of the room and understand the room before you start going to the front trying to grab the microphone because you're looking for all the attention. Right. And so 
So with Ice Cube, I did not get that impression. Uh, you know, I got the impression that he really wanted to work with people that were in the trenches. He really wanted to work with people that were going to get things done. He really had a personal interest in trying to solve this problem. And that was one of the things that, that made me, out of all the entertainers that have jumped into the political space, I was most impressed with him because of the way he came at it. And also, I love the fact that he's been sturdy, despite the fact that chatty patties are trying to talk smack about him on the Internet. They're trying to, no, we're going to cancel you, Ice Cube. Ice Cube, you cancel. Listen to my words. Read my lips. You can't cancel a motherfucker who's made $500 million and does not give a fuck. You can't cancel Ice Cube because when a black man becomes financially independent, he doesn't, he's not looking for a job anymore. He's not trying to get a record deal. He's not trying to get you to let him host your show. He's not, he don't need that. He he can't he canceled you when he made the when Friday the first Friday movie crossed the fifty million dollar mark. You were canceled twenty five years ago. So I'm just trying to tell you, like, look, white people ain't the only ones who can do the canceling. I know many black people who canceled white people back in the nineties. I you, you can't cancel me. I be, it's funny I guess because you know I did some stuff with Q. People are like we're gonna cancel Doctor Boyce Watkins. We're gonna cancel him. What the fuck are you canceling? Like, do you think I work at Walmart? Like, you gonna get me fired from my job at 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 Kodak? Like, what 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 are you going to? What are you canceling up in this motherfucker? You ain't canceling shit. Seriously. So this whole like we're gonna cancel you, we're gonna cancel you. That's a certain mindset. The mindset is. Well, you're black, so clearly there must be some white man in charge of you. We're going to speak to your master, and we're going to get him to spank you. Like like they do with little kids. I'm going to call your mama, and your mama going to tear a hole in your ass. I don't have a, I don't have a daddy. Like there's, I have a father, but I don't have a... There's no white man who is my economic daddy. So you can't cancel anything. So stop it. Just You, you look stupid right now. So... So I was I was impressed with what Cube did. Now getting to Diddy, um, with Diddy in the political party, one of the things that really concerned me is when I saw Diddy doing exactly what I felt like he was gonna do. And it's no disrespect to Diddy. I promise you, it's not. I don't even know the man. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not out here trying to throw a diss track at nobody. But when you say you're starting a black political party, and then in your next sentence you're saying that's why it's very important that we get Trump out of office then you're not really, in my mind, starting a black political party. Maybe you're starting an advocacy group uh, or, or something like maybe kind of like a super PAC, which I don't know how much money they have, but maybe that's it. But you're becoming kind of another wing of the Democratic Party. You're becoming the Negro wing of the Democratic Party. Um, it, 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 unfortunately, many of much of what we might see as, as black leadership morphs itself into white liberalism in blackface. It's like... I'm going to be authentically black, but really, I'm just going to say exactly what the white people have told me to say anyway. I'm just going to sound extra black when I say it. Like, like yeah, you know, Trump is... And Trump is... Well, a lot of black people... I take surveys with people. There are a lot of black... There are millions of black people, by the way, who just really are not motivated to vote just to get Trump out of office. There are millions of black people, who, some of whom actually may like Trump, but there's some who, who don't give a fuck. Some of whom are like... Trump is your problem. Trump is not my problem. Trump does not scare me. Like him, he, he just he talks a lot. He talks a lot, 
but, but he didn't actually do anything to back up all the talk yet. Like again, when you show me where the Proud Boys have gone out and killed ten thousand black people, then we got then we got a problem. Then we got a race war on our hands. But when you're talking about the what ifs, like like I think Diddy said, if Trump gets reelected, we're gonna have a race war. Well, fuck, he been in office for four years. Where's the race war at? Where's the the guns blazing? People getting you know a hundred thousand people being shot in the head and executed and dragged off to prison. Where is that happening? Stop telling me what might happen, what could happen. That's how they keep you on the edge of your seat. That's how they keep you motivated by fear. Well, the, the virus ain't killed that many people, but but it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going. I don't operate on going to, could have, might, should have. I'd rather talk about what is happening and what has happened. Here is what, and, and there has to be a difference. Here is what has happened. This is what we're dealing with. Here's what has happened. Joe Biden did build hundreds of new prisons back in the 1990s with his crime bill and fund 100,000 cops on the street that did actually incarcerate hundreds of thousands of black people, leading to hundreds of thousands of black people who were raped and beaten in prison who probably deserve a reparations package on their own. That shit did happen. Those concentration camps really were built. Black people really were put in those camps. Black people really did die in prison. There are black people I know who died in prison. That shit really happened. Hey, now, I'm not saying that, the, the, that Trump and the Proud Boys are good people. I'm just saying that if you compare the threat, ask me, which one would you rather prefer? Trump sit up there and talk shit on Twitter all day or get in fights with black celebrities or to have a motherfucker take $10 billion and build a thousand prisons and incarcerate hundreds of thousands of black people who are going to be raped, beaten, and tortured for the next 30 years? I, I'll take Trump in a heartbeat if, if I've got to make a choice between those two things. I'm not saying Biden's going to do that again. I think he's learned some lessons from that. But God damn it, stop it. Stop with the fear mongering of the what ifs. When you talk, make a clear distinction between what could happen and what did happen. What might happen and what is happening. Right? I know what is happening. What is happening is that for 50 years, you've been telling us to do the same thing in every election, every single election since the 1960s. We've done the same damn thing and got the same damn result every goddamn time. Every single election, our wealth is dropping every election. Our communities are falling apart every election. Our people are not being educated every election. The, the black people are, being, are filling up the prisons every election. So stop it. Stop trying to tell me that somehow this is going to be different. Stop that. Stop that. If you're going to talk to people, talk to them like they got some goddamn sense. Seriously. If you can't present a unique solution to a persistent problem and you're presenting the same solution that you presented four years ago, then any person with an IQ above 12 knows that that shit ain't going to work. Let me calm down. Do me a favor, please hit the thumbs up button, please hit the thumbs up, share, and subscribe button if you haven't done it yet. Also, uh, just a reminder, uh, we are doing something now. Uh, we want to help black businesses. We have a show on Monday night at 8 o'clock called Life's a Pitch. And on this show, what we do is we bring in black-owned businesses that can pitch their business in 90-second pitches. Lene Javette and I, what we do when we watch the pitch is we give feedback on the pitch, and then we let the audience get feedback. After that, we, we share the information for the business so that people can go support the business either by buying a product or giving them feedback on how they can do things better. So it's going to be tonight on FinancialJuneteenthTV.com. That's FinancialJuneteenthTV.com. It's at 8 o'clock Eastern. 8 o'clock Eastern at Financial 
JuneteenthTV.com. Somebody please type that in, FinancialJuneteenthTV.com. And also, don't forget, the All Black National Convention starts Friday. If you want to come to the All Black National Convention and, and finish discussing these issues, you can go to AllBlackNationalConvention.com. That's AllBlackNationalConvention.com. It's going to be virtual, so you can watch it from anywhere in the world. Last point I want to make, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to go. Um, so when it comes to Diddy's political party, I, I like the fact that he started off by saying you could be Democrat or Republican. Okay. And I also don't even have a problem with saying, you know, we all need to vote. But where I think you need to kind of slow your roll a little bit is getting away from partisanship and the way you structure the political party. Instead of being partisan toward Democrats or partisan toward Republicans, if you're going to be partisan, be partisan toward black people. And stop believing that being a Democrat is always the only primary solution for anybody that wants to be black, because that is simply not true. I'm a believer that it's okay for us to have our black Republicans because some of some of the realest black people I know are members of the Republican Party. I'm just going to tell you, too. I know some black people who are going to go vote for Trump who are really out here doing the damn work. They're, they're, they're just, they just aren't caught up in whatever ideology the liberals have. They just don't they don't like Antifa. They don't believe in open borders. They don't believe they believe in structuring families. They believe in building businesses. I think that's OK. I do not look at black Republicans and automatically see a coon unless you are so tucked up under Donald Trump's testicles that you don't know the difference between being your own man and being his little boy. As long as you know the difference between the two, then I respect you. The same thing is true when you talk about black liberals. We understand the liberals tend to be focused on social justice and and, and things like that. Those things matter. Right. The the liberals tend to look out for the poor better than the Republicans do. Absolutely. No question about it. But if you think that there's not as much racism in the Democratic Party as there is in the Republican Party, then that just tells me that you that you're just on a different level of thought that makes you a person that isn't going to be able to move the community forward. The one thing I will tell you is that I have heard from Democratic Party politicians who have said that. They can't get anything done because those damn white sons of bitches at the top of the party won't let shit get done because they literally have zero respect for black people. So if all you're trying to do is get black people corralled to go to the polls so they can just vote for another Democrat as if somehow this is going to be different from the last 20 or 30 Democrats we voted for, then use a damn fool, a damn fool. So if it's going to be a black political party, make it a black political party. Like, let's start maybe B1, hashtag B1. That's what we do here. Hashtag B1 means let's start the conversation from blackness. Let's make that our anchor. And then we can go into other areas. So rather than being a Democrat who happens to be black, be a black man who happens to be a Democrat. Or you can be a black man who happens to be a Republican. Or you could be a black man who happens to be independent. Or you could be a black man who happens to believe in something else. I think that's okay, but the first syllable of your damn sentence when you describe who you are needs to start with black. I'm black first. I'm a descendant of slave, but this is what I believe. In that way, a black man who, or black woman 
who is a liberal can sit down with a black person who's a Republican and they start the conversation by being black first. And that way they can have a constructive dialogue where two plus two becomes five, right? When you get the addition and you get the symmetry because you're working together and you're attacking the problem of all, from all angles, right? So synergy is where two plus two equals five, right? As opposed to with Negroology, which is two minus two equals zero, because y'all going to war and either I'm going to cancel you or you're going to cancel me. I'm going to cancel you, Ice Cube. I'm going to cancel you, such such, right? Maybe instead of us canceling each other out where we both become a couple of damn zeros, we can add each other up and become more than what we were individually, where the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. I believe in a world. Dr. King had a dream. I got a dream. One of my dreams politically is that one day a black Democrat and a black Republican and a black independent can all sit together and work together and become a stronger unit together because they're all approaching the same problems from different perspectives. We need our black liberals. We need our black conservatives because we all need to come together to solve the problem that black people as a unit have faced in this country. Think of it like a basketball team. Imagine if you had a basketball team where the center got jealous because the point guard got signed to a contract and the center's like, what is he doing here? He's short. He, I don't, I don't, he shouldn't be on the team. And the point guard's like, man, fuck you, you big tall ass motherfucker. We, we don't need no tall people. We need somebody who knows how to dribble. If you can't dribble, then you can't win games. And the center's like, yeah, but if you can't block shots, you can't win games either. Well, both of those people are stupid. Both of those people are stupid because anybody who knows sports knows that you need a center and a point guard. You need the point guard to have somebody to pass the ball to. The center can't get the ball up the court. He needs to be able to give it to the guard so he can get down and get under the basket. You work together. So black Democrats and black Republicans, the smartest black Democrats and black Republicans I know are people who work together across the aisle. All the Negroes sitting inside, the cuddled up with Joe Biden, again, tucked up under his testicles, got his balls wrapped around your neck. Like you just, like that's like that, like this is your, your, your comfort blanket. That's your security blanket, right? All the Negroes tucked under Joe Biden's testicles who are talking about, we need to cancel Ice Cube. We need to cancel Ice Cube. Well, that right there tells me you're a white supremacist because you should be looking at that as we need to work with Ice Cube. The smartest most strategic black people I know, the realest black people I know are the ones who are deep in the democratic establishment who are whispering, y'all keep going, keep doing what you're doing because you're putting pressure on them. And when you put pressure on them, like Ice Cube and Killer Mike had a great song back in the day called Put the Pressure on Them, right? So so the the smartest people have whispered to me, keep putting the pressure on them because that's going to make it easier for us to get things done on the inside. So you're doing good cop, bad cop. That's what strategists do. That's how white supremacists have controlled you for 400 years is they work together. Because at the end of the day, Trump might fight Pelosi, Steve Mnuchin might fight Kamala Harris or whatever. But at the end of the day, they all know our goal at the end of the day is to make sure we don't take this shit too far because we all must remain white and protect our wealth and our power. Right. So they're only going to go so far with you. And a lot of these people even went to college at the same damn universities. So they ain't going to get so serious with each other over this stuff that they're going to destroy what they got going on together so get it together black people learn how to work together learn how to work together why am i yelling this morning because i don't know shit god told me to yell so motherfucker i'm gonna yell and i'm gonna cuss when it comes out because i can't apologize for who i am because i want you to get past all of that and i need you to understand what we're dealing with here
You're dealing with a strategic opponent, and, and because you have not been a strategic adversary, you lose every damn battle. So let's start winning. And we start winning by working together. So with regard to Diddy and his political party, I'd be very interested to learn more about the ideology if Diddy ever wants to come into this space and have a conversation or a private conversation. I don't care. Um, I'll have that conversation. Um, I just, I just, I just want us to know the difference between what black leadership looks like and what Negro management looks like. You got Negro managers everywhere, and their job is to corral you and to force you into doing things that you may not want to do, and they pressure you, and they push you, and they put you in a different kind of slavery. When you're telling people what to do, and you're trying to attack and shame them because they're not doing what you think they need to do, then basically what you're doing is you're nothing but a slave master. And black people, your ancestors did not die for you to vote for any particular political candidate. Your ancestors died for you to be free. So freedom means you do what the hell you want to do. You do what the hell's best for you. And that's it. They can't argue with that. That's that's logic that they cannot counter. They, 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 you know, all the yelling and screaming in the world will not counter that logical argument that if you want people to be free, freedom has a price. Freedom is hard to give people because freedom undermines your power. If you're trying to maintain power over some over people, you can't maintain power over people and still try to push them to have freedom at the same time because their freedom might lead them to make a decision that does not support your agenda, right? So a lot of the people that are in power, that control you, that claim to want your freedom, don't really want your freedom. It's like when my mama, my mama told me, she said, you know, she said, I, I, when, I, when you were young, my goal was to teach you how to be independent. I wanted you to be independent and free. I want you to be a free thinker, so I encouraged that. She said, but then I learned there's a downside. She said, once you learn how to be a free thinker and independent, you started saying and doing things that I didn't want you to do, right? So she said, I didn't realize that by pushing you to be free and independent that I was actually undermining my influence that I would have over you as your mother. And I said, yeah, that's a funny paradox, ain't it? That's why you know the white man ain't never gonna give you no freedom because, it, because giving you your freedom is undermining his own power. <laughs> I ain't met too many people that are so loving and wonderful and kind that care so much about black people that they will undermine their own power in order to give you freedom. So if you think somebody's going to give you freedom, then you out of your mind. You're going to have to fight for that. You're going to have to fight for that. So anyway, I'm going to go. Um, don't, don't forget, the All Black National Convention is, is starts Friday. If you'd like to join us, uh, we'd love to have you. we got great people coming through. Uh, Vicki Dillard, uh, Tariq Nasheed, um, Constance Carter, George C. Frazier, Julian Gordon. So we got everybody, everybody from multimillionaires to uh, amazing activists like Jade Arendelle. And we're going to have a whole weekend of blackness where we're going to have all different kinds of panels on everything from black economics and black power to black men. Nuri Muhammad's coming through. Just so many amazing people. So if you'd like to join us, uh, you can get your passes now at allblacknationalconvention.com. That's allblacknationalconvention.com. Please hit the thumbs up button. Hit the thumbs up button. Share and subscribe button if you haven't done it yet. And those of you who are in the Powernomics Masterclass with Dr. Claude Anderson, uh, we will meet on Thursday. I'm going to send you guys an email. Those who are interested, feel free to go to powernomicsmasterclass.com. That's powernomicsmasterclass.com. So take care, guys. Thank you for listening. It was real. And once again, last point, I want to make 100% clear. No disrespect to what Diddy's doing. Uh, this is not a distrust. This is just me uh, expressing a point of view. Talk to you guys later. Love you. Peace.